Before we get to today's episode, let's look at the top headlines in the real estate and title industry this week. With rates above 7%, applications for refis dropped 11% last week and purchase applications dropped 10%, down 13% from the same time last year. A new report from Redfin shows homeowners are remaining in the same home two times longer than they did back in 2005. This is a trend heavily weighted by baby boomers. This means the inventory shortage will likely persist, causing younger generations to look to new construction or continue renting. Thanks to the harsh cold weather in January, construction starts for single-family homes took a hit. Good news is that February has been much warmer and permits for future construction of single-family homes were up by 1.6%. That's all in headlines and now to the episode. There's a step in the post-closing process that has been long overlooked in some shops, simply because the process is fragmented and it isn't always clear who's responsible for it. However, ensuring that a satisfaction or release is recorded 30, 60, or 90 days after closing is an important part of a title agent's obligation. Today, I'm chatting with Ayla Pettyjohn and David Harrington two title experts about the time, cost, and trust you could lose by ignoring this step and solutions for simplifying the process. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and this is Title Talks. Welcome, welcome. I'm super excited to be joined by my colleagues, Ayla and David. Today we're going to be talking about post-closing and more specifically lien release tracking and how it's a means to help you avoid claims, curative, and the dreaded quiet title. So I wanted to give you guys both a chance. Um, David, we'll start with you. Introduce yourself. Let us know a little bit about what you do at PropLogix and your background in the title industry. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. This is pretty cool. Um, uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is David Harrington. I'm a director of operations here at PropLogix. I'm a licensed title agent. I've been in the industry for about 20 years. Um, I got into the business helping a buddy of mine start a title company many moons ago, um, starting out doing everything from processing files, handling closings, post-closing work, policy generation, all the normal things you would expect the title office to do. I, I had my hands involved in all of that. You know, and after working in title for a number of years, I moved into due diligence services. Um, that portion of, you know, kind of before I joined PropLogix in 2021, uh, my company at the time did a lot of remote closing, lean searches, title searches. So a lot of the same products that we offer here at PropLogix today. Ayla, what about you? So I am currently the operations supervisor for release tracking and curative services. And then we do offer a couple of other products under our umbrella. But I started in real estate with mortgage back in 2015. And then I went into title and I came to PropLogix in 2019. Um, and when I was in title, I was a closer and post-closing coordinator. So I was doing our policies and everything after closing but I actually never did release tracking. I didn't even know it was a thing. And now like I've learned so much more about the need and like the industry and why it's so important. So it's crazy to see like the difference from where I came from. (laughs) 
No, that's really awesome. You you had mentioned like that you guys doing post closing. You you weren't necessarily following up with post closing recordings. Um, David, what about in your experience? Is that something that you saw happen? No, actually, we didn't. Um, it was not something that you know. From our perspective, it was one of those. And this was again about twenty years ago. So things have kind of evolved. Technology has enhanced. Um, tools, better tools, are out there. Um, but no, we would issue. You know, once we funded the file, right, cut the checks, send out the wires, um, that was pretty much a wrap for us as far as how we operated. There was no follow-up in terms of release tracking at all for us. And it wouldn't come up until there was an issue, right? And that's usually, and I think we'll probably get into some of that discussion today, but certainly had things pop up at a later date, which probably would have, we could have avoided had we followed some of the release tracking things that we do today. Yeah, for sure. So Ayla, when you kind of came into um, your role specifically, like within the release tracking team originally, like, were you like, what is this? Because you had experience. I wasn't really familiar, but as soon as we kind of did the introduction of, hey, this is what this entails of going in and making sure that what was paid actually gets released per the requirement, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. That's really cool that we do that. And now I'm like, it's a requirement. Everyone should do that. So I wanted to kind of define really quickly because we use the t- the terms lean release tracking, but it's really we're looking at like, like post-closing recordings, specific recordings that, you know, needed there is a recording that exists, there needs to be some sort of release or subsequent recording to kind of say like, this thing is clear, this thing is, is no longer, you know, a claim essentially. So like, what, how would you explain what re- release tracking is? So I feel like when I try to put it in layman's terms for people outside of the industry, it's kind of the best way to describe it. So anytime you take out a loan, there's obviously paperwork associated with it. So when you pay it off, there should also be something that is associated with that, stating that it's clear and completely paid and there's no longer a balance because that's showing that there's no claim to it anymore. And so um, we talk about release tracking, but this is also things like subordinations, assignments, modifications, anything that would change the kind of life of that original lien, whether it's a mortgage or judgment or like tax lien, whatever. If something's happening to it, like really it needs to be documented and that needs to be recorded. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Anything you would add to that, David? No, I mean, that's pretty spot on. Um, you know, it it's it's something that we should have been doing, you know, for years. I think, you know, when you look at a lot of the problems that Ayla's team uncovers, um, the, the time that it takes, right, the savings that it provides, um, there's so many value adds to it. But had a lot of us been doing that, you know, because you look at transactionally, a lot of a lot of properties, especially nowadays, are flipping hands a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that wasn't such a thing years and years ago, right? You know, you'd buy a property and kind of hold on to it, unless you're an investor, of course. But nowadays, it's these properties, we're moving them fast. Um, and, you know, release tracking is essential more so now than I think than ever because of how many transactions are out there in the market these days. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is something that Ayla addresses uh, in the webinar, and you can watch the recording um, on our site if you haven't had a chance to catch that. But, you know, the big question is, it's like, well, okay, you know, these things are supposed to be recorded. Like, whose job is it, one, to, to make sure they're recorded, you know, and, and follow up? Like, who, who's, who, where does the buck stop? Yeah, it's the lender's responsibility to issue the releases. I mean, they're the ones leaning the property. Um, you know, the, the debts of, you know, you would expect with a SAT, the debt has been fully satisfied. Um, the Mortgage Satisfaction Act indicates it is their responsibility to issue those SATs. So, you know, Ayla can speak to it a little bit more, but it certainly is the lender's responsibility. Yeah, like it's definitely on them to get it done. The problem is that if there's kind of that system of checks and balances, the title side becomes that check and balance. And so when you have even people like the private lenders, just that number of people doing business privately has skyrocketed, it feels like. And they don't necessarily understand the responsibility that it entails to then release a document after it's been paid. Um, things that kind of come up along the way. And so that's where our real estate industry knowledge is going to help with folks who are in that situation because then as the agent you can go in and you can say here's what needs to get done we can prepare a document for you for a fee we can collect the recording fee and you can use the proceeds that you get from your lien to pay for those and so on and so forth and that way kind of educating them to the process as well but I mean, at the end of the day, it falls back to the lender. And if nobody holds them responsible, they're going to ignore the responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I know we um, have a really good video that we did with a client of ours who's been a release tracking client for a while. Um, and they talk about how, you know, really in terms in the eyes of the the person who's paying for the 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 title insurance policy, you know, it is your job to make sure that the the property is like free and clear of encumbrances and so it's like you know this is a piece that they probably aren't even really aware that is happening to make sure that you know that there's there's a satisfaction filed and to make sure that you know like it's clear but it's like even if it's something that happens after closing i think you said something really funny earlier uh in the webinar ayla just basically like you're you're responsibility to your client doesn't end the day of closing right yeah yeah, so ultimately, you know, I mean, like it is, it's the lender's job, but somebody has to hold them to task and somebody needs to make sure that it's cleared, right? Exactly. 100%. So we do the state of the title industry survey every year, um, and it's really focused on title production and title due diligence practices because that's sort of the, the arena that PropLogix is practicing in. And we surveyed more than 400 title professionals um, last year. And 37% said that they don't always follow up and check the public record. Just based off of what you guys were saying, I'm curious, do you think that this is maybe an understatement? Do you feel like maybe fewer people do it? What do you think? You know, I think it's a mixed bag. Um, I think it really kind of depends on the type of transactions that folks um, are doing in their shops. Um, you know, a lot of, we had a, a big stint of cash buyers in the market, um, really kind of, probably took a little bit of the focus away, a lot of movements. Um, but I think one thing that I could think of, you know, looking backwards from my experience, you know, it probably really points a little bit to a lack of resources, right? 
a lot of folks are doing a lot of things in their shops that they, you know, it costs money, right? So where are you gonna put your resources? You wanna put them where it's gonna help you, your customers, your employees, grow your business um, the best. And not saying that it's not something that is part of their responsibilities, certainly. Um, but when you look at the very end, you know, issuing policies, you get an owner's policy, you get a lender's policy, there are inherent um, uh, oversights that are in place to ensure that, let's say that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, that they have these, you know, kind of guardrails out there to make sure that the end consumer is still protected. But I kind of feel like e even understanding how important the release tracking services are, um, you know, you want to avoid curative services that you may need down the road, right? So it, it's probably best to work in the, in, the, in a fashion that you are following up on these. And maybe it's, it, I hate to say that you should, you know, cherry pick, um, but you know, there are some lenders I feel like that probably are pretty solid about getting satisfactions out. I know Ayla certainly could probably speak to that in, in years of experience, but you know, your larger banks, Wells Fargo, Chase, um, typically have it together, especially for newer paper. Um, but it, at the end of the day, I think it really boils down to resources for, for folks and how much they can afford to, to follow up on files that are closed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, if you can't dedicate a specific team or a specific individual to getting it done, it is high, highly more likely that you're not going to have it done. Because, I mean, you think about just the sheer number of tasks that you have to get done for a current closing, and then let's say you're doing, you know, a hundred a month just to be tiny little numbers. And and you're going through all of these files and you're making sure the policies get sent out and that the actual deed or mortgage got recorded and the important things that you know to look for so you can actually send out your policy and things like that. And then to come back to it 30, 60, 90 days later is really hard because you have new business in the door and that's where your focus is. So if you're focused on old business, you're not doing the new business, but if you're doing new business, you might not be catching up with that old business. Yeah, I feel like you brought up a really good point during the webinar as well that like not only is that there that statutory requirement like time period that the lender has, but then it might also be that the recording jurisdiction has a backlog, right? Yes, exactly. That. So it'll be stuff like we talked about, you know, maybe they're behind six months based on certain types of documents. We had one specific region that was behind just on their satisfactions by six months because they were just sheerly trying to keep up with the deed and mortgage volume. And so, you know, they're trying to make sure that those get in. They're putting financing statements, judgments, satisfactions on the back burner. And as they have, you know, two seconds to breathe in their day, they're putting those in the system. But they got so behind that it made it really difficult. So if you're looking for something eight, nine, ten months later, who's to say that you're even going to remember it wasn't released at that specific time frame? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to remember later on, especially if you're working on a lot of, if you have a high volume, you know, and, and no one, you don't really have a post-closing department or someone who's dedicated to just following up on that. And if you have to do a lot of manual process, I mean, you're relying on like your calendar or you're relying on just your brain or that stack of files that sits in the corner of your desk and that can make it hard in and of itself. Yeah. Good point. I was going to say, um, in our, our survey, we also asked people um, 
when they're when they're going to check and a lot of them had said that like when they're issuing the policy they check but in in most cases you're probably not going to have met that statutory um recording requirement right at that point i know for florida specifically which is where we are like we're not there yet you know you have to have your policy out within 30 days but the lender can take until day 60 to record the release yeah, so if you're checking at that point, it's obviously not not going to be required yet or, or recorded yet in most cases. So so you will have to like you know set a reminder or whatever it may be to to go back and look. And that's a big part of it: tools, right? Technologies yeah. and and having reminders. And it's that's why it's great having good platforms in place, different title platforms that are out there that have triggers in there as reminders to help people stay on task and and follow up on these these very important facts that. You know, file truly isn't closed until, you know, it is closed. And even one thing real quick to point out, too, is, you know, there's a lot of new technologies, and not even new so much anymore, with e-recording services. You know, to the to the point of Florida, Florida, great recording opportunities in Florida, right? They've, I think it's pretty much our 67 counties here. We can record in every county um, electronically. Um, most of them are up to date. I've typically have found Miami-Dade to be about, you know, a week behind. But lately, they're recording within 24 hours, which is pretty cool. So getting being able to kind of connect, even from like the title agent connecting, you know, using Simplefile or CSC as, you know, recording options just enhances that opportunity potentially, at least from like your recordings, like your mortgage, your deed, getting them recorded quickly. Um, and then I know on the flip side, Chase, we had uh, a curative issue not long ago, and they have direct connections, you know, for electronic filing as well. Um, Again, that's the larger, you know, lenders that have those type of tools. But um, it is something that's out there that can kind of help. And hopefully as technology improves, AI that's coming into play a lot more, it should help make sure that these things get done. Yeah. I think, um, you know, David, you'd mentioned earlier that a lot of times this isn't happening because there's it's just a sheer lack of resources and time uh, for you know different organizations in terms of like whether or not they are really able to follow up on recordings and um, I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the prevalence because I think a lot of times it's like I think a lot of people have this sense of security because they haven't necessarily run across something that hasn't come back to necessarily bite them in the butt later on um, but I, I wanted to kind of share so we had 67 percent of our respondents say that they had come across some sort of issue with a satisfaction or a release within the last year and 40 percent of those had seen one in the the prior 90 days so it's you know I, I was gonna say um you know what are those issues that can arise when you're not necessarily checking yeah this one could this could bite you right <clears throat> so I, I, from just kind of drawing from personal experience past, in past years, you can delay your closing, right? If you're not getting clear title, you potentially have clouds on title. Um, you run the risk of increased closing costs, you know, something that may not be a consideration. But next thing you know, you've, you don't have the time now since you didn't have the time to do the release tracking. Maybe you don't have time to hunt it down now. Um, this may turn into a curative issue. So you could have expectations that maybe closing costs could increase. And I think the mo- the biggest thing, I think, is the frustrated customer, right? The end consumer, um, what it does to your new buyer. Um, we know we have, we, th- and that's the beauty of title insurance, right? We do all of, all of the work up front, making sure that everything's fine from the day of closing backwards, you know, unlike the auto industry for insurance. But even with that said, um, with all these things in place, these safeguards that we've got, 
um, you're really looking at uh, complicating your closing in the future if you if you don't look at you know kind of getting these things done as soon as you can on current files. Mm-hmm. Ayla, what would you say? Like, what are some of the things that we we see, and like, what are some of the implications? Um, you know that that they could end up, you know, or you know, kind of like snowball into. Yeah. So I think we have things like just errors say something gets recorded but it's erroneous one of the issues that we resolve really frequently in curative is just simply it was the wrong property you know the lender just attached they had several things going at the same time they just attached an exhibit for a legal description to a mortgage satisfaction and said yep this is good send it out and not realizing like they had mixed two of them up or you know it's a situation where you just simply are putting in a form and you're typing in the property address, the name, the instrument number, and you're doing that 400 times a day and one of them gets overlooked that you didn't change the address, you didn't change the name, you didn't change the instrument. And if somebody doesn't catch that right after closing and they just go, oh, there's a satisfaction, great, move on with your life, well, now you're coming to try to close later, and that's not your mortgage. It is, and it was paid, but it's not according to that satisfaction. And so when you're looking at all of the issues, like it can be anything from a typo to it just simply never got done. Which then it's not your release, right? So you right. still, it's almost like you got to start all over again. <laughs> exactly. And, and that is a lot of times what we see happen with some of the lenders is that they can't issue a correction the same way they could if it was, you know, a week later that where they could just write a little affidavit and say, okay, whoops, sorry. Now they have to file a whole new document and go in and create the right one. And then you just have to hope it didn't mess up somebody else down the road as to the property that was listed on there. And we had a situation actually just recently where there was a satisfaction issued for the complete wrong place. It wasn't it wasn't the right mortgage. The mortgage had just been taken out. And I, I looked at it and I said, how do you undo satisfying a mortgage? Like, there's nothing they can say that goes back to, oops, sorry, this isn't actually paid. So it's, you know, crazy. Yeah, this is probably because I don't know enough about it, but like, in it, it like, it's not like, the idea is that it's almost like a ledger where you're recording and there's like a snapshot of everything that's ever been recorded. So it's like, that's why you record a subsequent document. So like you were saying, it's not like they could be like, strike that from the record, right? Or (laughs) is that the case? So a lot of times what needs to happen in an instance like that is they basically have to file a whole new document as an affidavit and just say, this is why this happened. You know, the instrument number was so-and-so and the completely paid lien is blah and list out basically every single thing that they did and how it got to be wrong but when it comes to years and years later well maybe they're both paid off now and who's to say that that wasn't the right thing and so there's just so much confusion versus 
you know, a few weeks later when you can look at it and say, hey, this is still active and here's the one that we did pay and here's the wire that you got for it and here's where we can prove this. Can you go back and, you know, correct the one you did and file something that shows why that other one is not correct? Yeah, that's a good point. And, and like you said, it's, it's, so, it's so much easier when it's fresh right rather than like a really old issue or when you have issues with defunct lenders <laughs> like yes. that happens yeah I mean like is that, I'm sure that's probably one of the most like like you know want to pull out your hair kind of situations where you're just trying to figure out um you know who it's assigned to who's responsible for it I was curious um you had mentioned a couple of resources that you guys use and that agents could possibly be using when they're looking um you know to to kind of figure out like doing some sleuthing and figuring out who owns that mortgage yeah so um I think it should be required that everyone register registers with MERS the mortgage electronic registry system they are wonderful um, if you have a min and an ID number for them on a mortgage, going to them is so helpful because not only can you just look it up and find the last known servicer and the status of whether it's active or inactive with a contact, but then if you have some kind of issue with a servicer after the fact, you can contact MERS and say, hey, we requested this and they're being really difficult and they don't wanna do the steps. Can you please help them understand that they need to do this and send everything that you would to MERS and they will go in and they'll be like, hey, you need to do this. And then all of a sudden it's magically done. So I think they're wonderful. That's my favorite resource. But when it comes to anything that wasn't regulated or um, necessarily tracked through them. The FFIEC is a great resource. Um, Federal Financial Institutions Examination Council. So that's, it's like for any kind of lending institution. So not just banks, but like any mortgage company. So they're great. It's like FDIC and all of those. So what can they do for you? So they have the actual databases and it will have your institution, the entity listed out. And then it also includes like history. Mm -hmm. So if it mm -hmm. is somebody that is inactive, they will include their last known successor and any information like they changed addresses. And well, it comes to find out like I'm looking for the bank in Queens, New York, and I need to now be looking in Long Island and okay. you can actually kind of track stuff down a little bit clearer if you have additional information and then like the fdic for banks it's the same kind of concept where they'll give you as much information as they have and if it was something that was shut down with government assistance the fdic will then go in and they'll they can do the release as well what is mers exactly and like how prevalent is it so it's getting a lot more common. Um, it's the Mortgage Electronic Registry Service. Um, and they are basically there as kind of that catch to assist with making sure that a mortgage that was written goes into their system and they keep track of those servicers. So while there's not an assignment or anything like that recorded because, you know, tiny little credit union uses 
I don't know, somebody that's really popular like Shell Point, New Res, that's not necessarily something that has to be recorded Mm -hmm. because it just happens. They do business together. And so MERS then knows who the servicer of that loan is because it's in their system. And so they're able to kind of keep everything together. But I, I think that everybody should use them regardless. It would probably eliminate a lot, like a pretty preventable issues. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, you know, um, you had given us this number of 15%, Ayla, in, in terms of like of the orders that PropLogic sees from our customers, about 15% are designated as, as issue files. What does that mean exactly? So for us, um, the primary things we're going to see are going to be those typos, like the wrong instrument number or like the book and page is incorrect, which means that it doesn't reference the right document. And then the second reason is just the simple fact it never got recorded. So whether it was just super duper late or it was a tiny bank private lender, somebody didn't, you know, catch that they didn't do it, a document got rejected and they never received it and didn't realize or what have you. It's just simply not there. So, you know, for for both of you, well, actually, you know, what I want to ask first is like if, if either of you would explain like a little bit about what a release tracking service is and like what it does what kind of benefits there are to using something like that yeah I mean I I really feel like the the benefit of the service is like this is what we do all day long you as a title agent do you have time to sit on hold with Bank of America for two hours no do we Yes, because that's what we do. So while we're on hold with Bank of America, we can go into the records and be searching for something else and pull everything up and, you know, work through the stuff that we're doing for all of these different releases at the same time and pull all of this information where for somebody who is working on current and upcoming closings, you need to be on the phone with balancing with your new lender and balancing with the other title company because this is a simultaneous closing or whatever. Like you don't have time to stop and just do all of these steps. Or it could simply be the fact that like we have databases with contact information. We had a situation the other day where, you know, everybody was chatting together amongst the team and they're like, I just cannot get through to this one department. No one will answer the phone. I don't understand why they won't accept our faxes or why they don't answer the email or anything. And somebody was like, oh, have you tried talking to so-and-so? And they're like, I don't even know so-and-so. And it comes to find out, well, this person is the head of the department and they can always direct us and this, that, the other. So having those resources in like a database or being able to share that amongst a team that's regularly working on it is just really valuable because that's the dedicated specific time that you're doing those things and the information and experience that you have in dealing with them. I think that part's the big part, right? Like. You know, you get on the phone and you're, you're calling for a service, but you're not really sure, right? You know what you're looking for, but there's certain speak, right, that we know when you're calling certain help desk or when you're calling certain companies. And Ayla and the team are just phenomenal when it comes to understanding how to break through. You know, you're dealing with 
we're at the end of the day, we're still human, right? So mm -hmm. we have our own personalities, we have our own little bit, you know, lives that we're dealing with outside of work. So sometimes they're dealing with frustrated folks. Um, they've got to work through that. They got to get over, you know, it's almost like you're befriending folks within, you know, two minutes so that you're able to kind of turn them to get you what you need, or at least point you in the direction of where you can get what you need. So mm -hmm. it's almost like you're establishing these quick relationships um, and, and they've gotten so good at that so that they're capable of, you know, getting on the phone and not being concerned that they deal with someone that may be a little frustrated. Um, they can work through that frustration, um, get what they need and maybe even turn them, you know, into a little bit of a nicer day for them just because of the manage the, the way that they manage their customer service skills. Yeah, I know we've had several experiences where we'll have conversations and people pick up the phone and it's hello. And then by the end of the conversation, everyone's <laughs> laughing and it's like, you know what, have a great rest of your day because we try to remind ourselves and remind like people who order with us, like these are human beings. Mm -hmm. Like these people are here to do a job. Yes, but they're still people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easy to forget that it's like, they're probably dealing with a lot of the same things that you might be dealing with in terms of like deadlines and people who are like waiting on them for things. And so there's, you know, um, you know, just like with municipalities or um, HOAs or, you know, like everyone kind of their their time is stretched and their resources are pretty limited. And so it's like everyone kind of is feeling that pressure of trying to get things done within a certain amount of time. And I think it is so important to remember that. Absolutely. So, you know, based off of what you guys were saying, I feel like the benefits of working with a company to like do lean release tracking kind of comes down to one is like just the sheer ability to like follow up when you need to follow up right like so it's like you're not necessarily waiting on this or that and like disrupting your workflow based off of whatever needs to happen in order to follow up and then also just having the resources to um or the database of knowledge to be able to figure out who to get in touch with because it's it seems like i think you were saying ayla you were mentioning um in the webinar about you know basically the you could call one person and it's like oh, okay well that's not the right person so you could spend a lot of time just kind of figuring out who you need to get to to be you know and that's once you know the institution that you need to be dealing with you know but like who am I need to do I need to talk to to make sure that this is going to happen so so that and so if you need to be able to have the resources and the the database in order to do that and so the ability to allow someone else who has won the time and and the um, you know that collection of knowledge already um, can be really helpful in terms of like something that's really easy to we talk about tasks that can be outsourced you know really easy to replicate and really really easy to allow someone to do something because you don't necessarily need to um, you know intervene as the the title professional um unless there's something you need to get from you know your customers or whatever but it's really something that's pretty easy to say like here's the title commitment you know someone else is going to follow up on those those recordings and and then the event that at least in the case of prop logics in the event that there there is something that's found they'll they'll do like the resolution Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit really quickly about what like what that resolution portion usually looks like like what kind yeah. of stuff are we doing? So for us, like our primary question is like to our customer of who did you pay off? 
because, you know, we've talked about a couple of different times, just because a lender originated a loan doesn't mean that they serviced it or that they kept it. And so somewhere along the way, if it changed hands or it's now with a specific servicer, if it's not registered somewhere that we have access to, then we're checking, you know, with our customer, like, hey, who did you pay? So that's really our first stop. And if we already have that information, we just dive right in. We have that database that shows us all of our different contact methods, whether it's email, fax, or picking up the phone. And then we just immediately start on, hey, this wasn't completed and we can't locate it in the records. Here's the information from the title commitment showing like, hey, this was paid and it's open, um, or it was open and it has been paid. And then the maybe a copy of the document to show like, this is what we're talking about. And when lenders receive that, they kind of go through and they do their research to make sure, yes, we got funds for it and we can prove that. And if it's something that they're going to jump on or if it's something that is just going to go into kind of their list of things to do, either way, once it's been then sent for recording, we go in, follow up, pull that document that was recorded, and we send that with our report to our customer showing like, yes, this was done, this is accurate, everything is here, and here's how you know. We talked about a lot. If, if, if there are title professionals out there, maybe they own companies or um, maybe they're, you know, they're kind of, you know, a, a member of their their operations department and their their title company, and they don't feel like this is a very important step or, you know, or feel like, well, we can't really prioritize putting resources to, what would either of you say, like, to kind of change their minds about this? Why, why is this so important? I would say, personally, <clears throat> it's just experience, right? Understanding that you are attempting to avoid a future issue that could ultimately take up more of your time than the time being spent by getting it done now. So, you know, when we talk you know, about resources being an issue, if, if you're able to hand that off to professionals like us and, and, and Ayla's team, it's almost that peace of mind that this is getting done. Um, it's, a, it's an added benefit for the customer, the end customer, knowing that they're, there's not any issues with the property they just purchased. Right. I think that's a big thing these days, making sure that, you know, you're not getting liens on your property or, you know, there's so many stories you hear about folks, you know, having things added to title or and they have zero clues to where it came from just because of the of where we live now in these days where, you know, um, so it's important. And, and we all know that, you know, typically a home is the largest asset and the biggest purchase that someone's going to make in their life. So you want to make sure that you preserve that. Um, and so there's that sense of responsibility, you know, that mm -hmm. I, I would probably implore them to think about that, you know, this is a, and I remember always that was one thing that we used to say um, when I got in a title was that joy that you get, like you're, you're bringing people together, you're, you're, they're, they're, they're buying this massive asset that, you know, they've probably been planning for their whole life and all the excitement that comes with that. And, you know, we'd always say you're only good as your last closing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you're not, you know, really doing the full expectation of the title industry, which does fall in line with, you know, following your release tracking and, and, and making sure these things are paid off, then there's a little bit of, of that that service that's not being provided. So it, it kind of seems like you're shorting them a bit, too. Yeah, definitely. I, I absolutely appeal on the ethical side of things of just like 
you're telling someone that you're doing this, so go ahead and do it. It's something that, you know, needs to get done. And then if you're not going to look at that, look at the bottom line. Your time is valuable and you want to get that new business in the door. But if it's new business in a new buyer on a situation where 10 years ago you didn't track that release for that seller that came through your door, now you're kicking yourself in the butt because you could have done it. And now it's taking more time and that bank has closed down and you're not really sure who the servicer is because the person you paid off is telling you that they don't have it and they don't know where it went. And you're spending weeks, if not months, trying to go through this process and now you've delayed closing and this person doesn't really want to do business anymore. Maybe they leave and go somewhere else. Maybe, you know, they hire somebody themselves to get it resolved and then they leave. I've seen all kinds of things happen out of situations like this where if you're not going to do it because it's the right thing to do, do it because it's going to come around and bite you somewhere if you don't. Yeah. And now knowing what you know now, if you were in title companies, you know, you know, with post-closing, would this be something you're both doing? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just in the stories, I mean, that Ayla's team, they, it, it's wild. Um, I mean, the volume they have is, is pretty spectacular as well. So you, you see just a variety of situations that have happened. Um, so certainly, like I said, not something that I did all those years ago, but, you know, it, lessons learned, it certainly would be something I would, you know, deploy today. Yeah, definitely agreed. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to share some really helpful information and insights. Um, If people want to follow up, we're going to have resources on our show notes and we'll have links to that webinar that you can also check out as well. And um, thank you guys. I just really appreciate you spending your time. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to David and Ayla for answering my questions. For more resources and to catch our most recent webinar about release tracking, please visit the link in the show description. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy closings.